To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 156. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to do what we do best, and that's discuss sports. We got the whole team in here today. I'm going to ask the fellas, man. How y'all feeling? Good, man. I'm, I'm ready to do it, bro. I mean, we fresh off a of Super Bowl. We got the offseason is here finally. The 49ers lost. So, I mean, it couldn't be a better week. Yeah, I felt like that was going to be kind of the main thing that you mentioned. I'm just glad we didn't get the Rams added to that out of your mouth. Uh, but but honestly, man, like you said, you know, I know we're going to have a good bit of Super Bowl recap within this episode. I thought overall it was a pretty good game. Uh, definitely now it's about that time that NBA is going to start heating up. So uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that. And, you know, like I said, man, I'm, I'm not going to hold it, man. We can go ahead and get into it. Well, as we record this today, it's Valentine's Day. So shout out to all the lovers out there. You know, you'll probably hear this tomorrow. So if you missed it, this is your hint. This is your confirmation to go get that special lady something if you missed it and make up for yesterday uh, on missing out. But shout out to all the lovers out there. Happy Valentine's Day. You know, happy Valentine's Day to my love. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, today is a good day. But we're going to jump into it. A little administrative stuff. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. On Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Leave a review if you feel inclined to. Make sure you're sharing it with a friend. And also, make sure you're follow, following us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram, uh, formerly known as X. Formerly known as Twitter, currently called X. Um, and also, man, shout out to Joel again. Uh, we released our episode and our interview with him on last episode. Great conversation. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, good luck to him. Uh, wishing him all of success in his upcoming campaign. Uh, but if you did miss that episode, of course, you can find that. It's finally released. Conversation with Joel Rogers, four-star recruit, signee, LSU signee. Um, hopefully, we'll see him on the field this year. So shout out to him. And uh, we'll jump into it, fellas, man. Uh, we finally know uh, the Chiefs. They did it. We all we all said it on the last podcast on who we thought would win. We all picked Chiefs across the board, and that's what happened. Um, a very – a tale of two halves, right? The first half was not much to talk about there. Pretty boring uh, up until Usher shut it down uh, for the halftime. But, of course, that second half heated up real quickly. You saw what may, – some may call it a classic. It was an overtime Super Bowl. Only the second overtime Super Bowl – in NFL history, the other one, which I love to mention as a Saints fan, was the Patriots and the um, the Patriots and the Falcons uh, some years back. 
and the, which we know the Patriots uh, won that one, came back down, uh, came back from 28 to three. And, uh, you know, that's one of Tom Brady's seven rings. But we're here to talk about Patrick Mahomes and his legacy and everything that went down in that game. But, you know, fellas, I just wanted to open up the floor. How did you guys feel about that game? And uh, what what stood out to you? I mean, just that, man. I think we said it. If you look, listen back at the episode, I think we were like pretty much spot on, almost down to our prediction of the scores, you know, within being like three points, which it was the 22 to 25 end of the game. But you just you look back on it. My thoughts on the game is it came down to the quarterback. Right. We said it like it's going to come down to the quarterback. It's going to decide this game. Right. You 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 look at it. Right. You can be the most prepared in the world, but you cannot be prepared for the things that Patrick Mahomes did in this game, whether that's the keepers, um, the read option, the crucial throws, the crucial, you know, runs that he had. You know, it's just he put his team on his back and, you know, you can just tell that this guy is like, hey, you know, whatever I got to do to win this game. And he continues to show up every time. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you covered it, man. Just the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what else do you really honestly expect? Um, and I think the thing that really stands out to me is the fact that I look at this Chiefs team, and we talked about it in the past, even on the pod, that this was seemingly supposed to kind of be a, a down Chiefs year, a down Chiefs team. You know, we looked at kind of what they were looking like throughout the course of December. We look at that run where they lost three out of four games. Um, and to see this team and to see what they did on Sunday, uh, I think part of what we discussed as well, too, um, even in talking to Patrick Mahomes stuff, but we talked about the impact that the defense would have on this game. You know, I think that uh, besides that kind of, you know, run that San Francisco got on early and the way they were driving early, I feel like the Kansas City defense uh, was really stellar throughout the game. And so I felt like that was a storyline um, as well. And, and it turned into – you know, I don't know if I want to say a, a classic so much, so much, um, but it, it it did turn into one of the better Super Bowls that we've seen in recent times. So I feel like there's a lot of storylines, honestly, that we could talk through and talk about as it relates to the game. Yeah, I mean, what stood out to me is, like you said, um, it like you said, I think that was the most interesting thing um, about it is that, you know, I said it on a, a couple of podcasts ago, is that in November and October, we we didn't know if the Chiefs were going to make the playoffs. And yet, you know, as you mentioned, a down year, here they are. Man, only made the playoffs, but they found a way to get it done. And, you know, I know that people are going to get tired of the Tom Brady-Mahomes comparisons, but when you look at this dynasty, which I, I believe that it, that it is a dynasty, you know, it has a lot of similarities. The, the Patriots had some years when they won in Tom Brady – of his seven rings when no one expected him to. He at least got maybe two or three of those that I could point to where he shouldn't have won, starting with the one where he was down three to 28 against the Falcons. Um, but, you know, when you look at, you know, just how they won, the fashion they won, uh, I think Patrick Mahomes, any question that any, any critiques that you'd have of this man is just hate. Um, and what he was able to accomplish with this team, with an aging number one tight end being his number one weapon, he willed them to the playoffs and and, and willed them through and, and got the job done. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's just that, like I said, it's that Tom Brady effect, right? And, you know, and that overtime, I mean, that fourth quarter when, you know, after them missing, the, after them, after, uh, dog it. sorry, let me re restep. 
after the 49ers missed that extra point and it came a difference between three points and four points, of course, Mahomes drove him down, get a touchdown. You know, it was multiple times in the game where I was like, they the 49ers just left too much time on that clock towards the end. And Patrick Mahomes is that is that is that assassin uh, like Tom Brady and and knows who you could think of just clutch that's gonna get the job done if you leave too much time on the clock. Aaron Rodgers is another one that way. If you leave too much time on the clock, this man can can do some damage. And we saw it twice. And you know, I think that that's what ultimately led to that success. When you got a guy like that in Patrick Mahomes. You see why he's getting paid. What, what he signed a five hundred million dollar contract. You see he's worth every penny. Yeah, yeah. I think to to kind of chime in and add on to that, like you said, just kind of the way that he played down the stretch of that game. You know, looking in the fourth quarter in overtime, he was sixteen for twenty two with one hundred and eighty seven uh, total yards, a touchdown, and fourteen first downs within uh, within the fourth quarter in overtime. Uh, stats coming from PFF. So just seeing how he just rose to the equation, uh, to the occasion in the big moment, seeing how honestly, I don't know totally what the 49ers were thinking. We probably get into that as well, too, as they admitted not understanding the overtime rules or things of that sort. But I think that we all probably sat there and said, hey, once they only kicked the field goal to just go up by three points. We probably all felt that this game is probably over at this point because there's no way that Patrick Mahomes is leaving out of this overtime without getting a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, to, to jump on that as well, it's just you look at this guy, man, and you look at what he's done the last two years where we'll say he's had minimal receiving core, right? How do you trade one of the best weapons historically in this game and Tariq Hill and go on a Super Bowl run back to back years with what you call less weapons, young weapons and still win it all? That speaks to his greatness. And, you know, I'm not going to be a hater. He's going to receive some of that Tom Brady Patriots, early 2000 Patriots. Hey, the Chiefs are going to receive that. But again, I know I've seen him. He said he that's OK. He, he's OK with being a villain. And that's coming. But again, this dude's greatness is shown day in and day out and game after game because he just puts his team on his back. He do what he got to do to get his team in the playoff. As long as the Chiefs have 15 on their team, they have a chance, man. He's just he's just that special. I I, I don't want to maybe jump the gun with this, but I would be interested to see kind of y'all stars. I feel like to me and I've already kind of felt this way, but especially after this run. I think that it's definitely said that he's already a top two quarterback of all time, right? Can can we agree to that? I, I mean, it's hard to. I don't do know. That I right have now. to think more. Uh, think more about that. I mean, what, what stands out, of course, Tom. Um, uh, who, who are some of the great Joe I mean, Montana? Joe Montana is going to be up there. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you throw Dan Peyton Reno might be up there. Peyton up there. You throw you know John Elway in that equation. John Elway. I, I think at the pace we haven't seen, I think when it's all said and done, I think he will probably be the best we've ever seen, unless there's just a, a slight decline. Because I really feel like the Chiefs really skimped by this year. So I, I only could think that their front office is going to make that team even better than they were this year. Um, so with that being said, and assuming that he'll continue at this pace, you know, I think when it's all said and done, we hang up the cleats, I think we'll be looking at probably the best we've ever seen. I want to yeah, hear where y'all got him now. I mean, right now, I would say he's still maybe top four, top three. I, I mean, to, to say you're top five at 28 years old, only seven seasons into your career, that is 
that is ridiculous, you know. Yeah. So I don't want anybody to misconstrue that. I mean, to to be top five at this point in his career, and he's still getting better. There, I said. I mean, still that veteran savviness has not, you know, is is among him. But I mean, he's just pure talent right now. Uh, I saw in an interview where he just started reading defenses. What his third season into the into the into his career. So I mean, he's still progressing. He's still going to get better. So Ramon, I, I think he will be the best we've ever seen. You you have him there. You have him at number two. I got him at number two right now. Like I think unequivocally, I would have him at two. Um, I really think right now, if I look at that debate and I got the ones up there, obviously Tom is still one, and we got to respect that one for some time until, to me, Patrick Mahomes gets at least probably five under his belt. When Patrick gets to if he gets to about five, then I think we got to start having that actual conversation. I think what we have to still respect with Tom is the fact that he got seven and the fact that also, too, he did beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, even though we know the extenuating circumstances there, and also did get him in an AFC championship game. Um, and that's coming from a guy that doesn't like Tom Brady at all. Uh, so I think that still some distance there. But I think that when it really gets down to it at that two spot, I'm really comparing him and Joe Montana at that two spot. Um, and I think right now, if I'm correct, I think Joe Montana uh, won, what, three or four? I know it's at least three. It's probably three or four in that range. Uh, but if you just look at things, I know that the game was different then. But from a statistical standpoint, um, you know, Patrick just well outpaces um, him from a numbers and stats standpoint. Um and I, I just think right now, just for me, honestly, I have him at that two spot. I would probably, if I rattled off my top five, would still have Tom at one. I'd have Patrick uh, playing it at that number two spot. I would have, um, uh, I don't know, i just been saying his name and now I'm forgetting it already. That uh, Who was Damn, I just talking? Not Dan Joe Marino. Montana. Joe Montana. I would have Joe Montana at three, uh, give me Peyton Manning at four, and then give me uh, John Elway at five. That's my top five right there. Even though, I, I mean, Peyton, uh, to have Peyton in there, he's done a lot of great things statistically, but that second Super Bowl, I mean, that wasn't him. That was, he's, you know, that was Von he Miller. He still has two, though. I and mean, then his first one, then he lost the Super Bowl to uh, to my guys. So if you look at the rest of the guys who are up there, though, I mean, John Elway, he only has two rings, just as Peyton has two rings. Uh, if you look at your guy that maybe you would throw in the I'm equation not prepared at Aaron Rodgers, right he now. only has one <laughs> ring. Uh, you you throw it around the name Dan Marino, he has zero rings, one Super Bowl appearance. Uh, you throw around maybe your guy Drew Brees, he did beat Peyton Manning head to head, but he no, has no, one ring, I wouldn't, I wouldn't one Super Bowl appearance. I wouldn't uh, put Drew up there. So when you, to me, when you look at the gamut of guys, I mean, obviously Tom stands at that number one spot. I would still put Joe Montana ahead of Peyton just because of the postseason success. And then now I have Patrick Mahomes there. But when you look at it, a guy with two Super Bowl rings, three Super Bowl appearances, all this uh, regular season statistical success, the what, four or five MVPs? Um, I, I I don't see how you put uh, anybody else or those other guys ahead of him. But. I mean, I think it's a good debate. I think it's a good debate. I only only reason why I say he's not – top two yet is because of longevity, right? We still got to see a lot, a lot can unfold, a lot can change in these years, totally change our mind on these, right? Because yes, rings is a good measuring point, but 
like we have this debate with Kobe and LeBron and all these different guys, there's different measurement points than other than rings, right? And so when I just look at the whole thing, six years, three Super Bowls, that is that is amazing. <laughs> I mean, you cannot you cannot knock that. Yeah, but again, you, can't deny it. you cannot deny, deny that. You cannot knock that. But if you give this guy maybe four or five years, I would say he's probably right there. Who knows how many more rings? I would say he's probably the best in four years. But just right now, just out of respect for those guys, longevity of their careers, I just cannot put him as my two yet. I got him at that three, four right there. Just for that reasoning. I respect Yo. it. All right, man. Well, that's a good debate. Um, I, I agree. I think he's up there in the top five. He, I, you know, his legacy is growing. And, and you know, I don't want to get caught on the limb ball because it's like Lowe said, you know, at one point people were rooting for Tom Brady being and getting drafted in the what, seventh round. And then, you know, once he started winning, people started hating on him for no reason. So I've been very conscious of that, not to miss greatness and Patrick Mahomes has set itself in the greatness. All right, let's get into coaching here. Coach Shanahan, on a scale of 1 to 10, how how badly did he screw this game up? There, of course, there are a couple questionable calls that he made. I will go with a strong 10 because, first <laughs> of on. all. 10 being no, the best or 1 being the worst, right? Oh, oh okay. He's I, saying I, 10, he screwed it up to the max. That's what he was. To the max. That's what I'm saying. 10 to the max, 1 to the max, whatever you want to say, he screwed it up. Because I look at this as a whole, and I'm just a little disappointed in the 49ers. How you go 20, 2020, year 2020, before that pandemic really hit, and you lose to this same team, right? Then four years later, this is supposed to be a game where you just absolutely cannot come in here and lose this game, right? And then you look at the situation of going over time, and then your players coming out and saying that they weren't prepared, they were unaware of the rules or the overtime rules, the new rules. Each year, the league goes through new rules each year. And the referee announced the rules before the start of the period. He announced the rules in front of him. <laughs> but again, so when you look at this situation, right, your team is unprepared. You lose to a team. This guy's lost the 3-28 to 28 to Tom Brady. He was the officer coordinator on that team. He's lost in 2020 to the same Chiefs team. Then turn around and lose this year, and your team is unprepared. And then you fire the defensive coordinator. And he's your fall guy, the guy that kept you in the game the whole time. He he's the fall guy. You you coming out and saying that there's some uh, a lot of things that didn't match up for our players and different things. You blame him for the reasoning. How many times did your offense didn't succeed? There's a third and fourth play where they didn't succeed. They get a first down right there and kick the field goal. The game is over with. They didn't do it. They just kept they kept it to three. They kept it around the defense. If anything, kept them in the game. But they have a fall guy and Steve Wilkes right now and he's taking the blame right now and everybody going on it's just not right so again trash absolutely trash yeah i, I guess i'll start off too but just by uh comment on on the wilkes thing as well too like you said man it, it's obvious that he's definitely the fall guy i look at a guy that honestly i mean through through regulation gave up 19 points to a Patrick Mahomes-led team. Now, we're talking about the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about the fact that we all have him as a top-five QB of all time. And this guy led and coached a defense that held him to 19 points while losing one of your top two defensive players due to a freak injury during the course of the game. And so I was pretty upset, honestly, when I saw that, too. I felt that that was just definitely a scapegoat thing. And it's once again... As both of y'all were pointing to and alluding to, the fact that Kyle Shanahan, as 
as a coach, whether it was offensive coordinator and now as a head coach twice, has given up double-digit leads in three Super Bowls. Double-digit leads in three Super Bowls. Um, and so when it gets to that, then honestly, to me, you got to look at yourself in the mirror. You are a guy that's been responsible for three commanding leads in a Super Bowl being given up. And so when I look at his performance, I, I, I'm i not going to go on the limb and say he screwed it up to the max like Los was saying in the, as a 10. That's I a division probably, rival right, right I there. know. I know. So that amplifies it some. But I would probably put him in that six to seven range of screwing it up on, on my meter. And I well, think that, you know, there were definitely some things – that he could have done differently, but I'm I'm not gonna hold it. Look, man, y'all y'all hit the nail on the head. And then I throw another caveat in there: his usage of uh, McCaffrey. You know, McCaffrey barely had 20 carries before uh, overtime took place. You know, I don't understand how every time McCaffrey touched the ball since since kickoff, he was getting like six to seven yards a pop every time he ran the ball, and they deviated from that instead. They had Brock Purdy throw the ball for over 40 times throughout the game and, you know, put to put Purdy. And I think we'll get to that in a second. I think Purdy played, played a pretty decent game. Uh, but to put a guy in that position, uh, you know, and you have this type of weapon at Chris McCaffrey, I didn't quite understand that, stand the, the methodology behind that. I, I would add to that as well, too. I, I was confused about the usage of George Kittle within the game or really the yeah. non-usage of George Kittle. Like, yeah. how do you have an all-pro tight end, one of the best tight ends, probably top five tight ends we have in the league, and he finishes the game with two catches for four yards and really through regulation had one reception for like one yard. So I was confused sometimes, on that as well, too. Sometimes that that last name can get you places where uh, talent can't. And, you know, of course, Shanahan is a, is a very, very prominent name, in the NFL ranks. Uh, but yeah, Shanahan has dropped the ball a bunch. And I, I don't, you know, and then for him to fire his defensive coordinator, who your defense has been playing lights out all season long, uh, consistently, uh, I don't get it. I don't get what's going on with San Francisco. Um, I, I think that they had every opportunity in the world to win this game. And, you know, she was like, okay, you don't want it? Okay, we about to handle our business. And uh, they turned up. And the rest is history. But I didn't want to evaluate uh, Brock Purdy and, and your guys, and and um, we've debated this a bunch over the podcast. But now that we've seen him in this Super Bowl game. Uh, how do we view him now? Of course, Ramon and 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 I, we we both land on the side of we thought we think Purdy at one point was an NFL MVP, which he really was at a certain point in this candidate. Candidate, my bad, my MVP. Bad. Yeah, yeah, candidate, candidate, MVP, candidate. Same will, not not MVP winner. Thank you for that correction. But you know, on the other side, Los didn't feel as though he need, he felt as though he needed to see Noah. So my question to the field is: Have you guys seen enough to understand where Purdy lies as far as his future with the 49ers and his future in the NFL in general? They are who we thought they were. This dude is not good, man. He is. He does enough for his team. He is not going to put his team on his back. He's going to he, – he is the most – he's the guy that's not going to hurt his team, right? He's going to throw the ball away when he needs to throw away, when the team when the team gets pressure, right? He's going to give you enough, maybe give you a quick scramble, but he's not going to give you consistently the big-time throws, consistently where you can feel like, okay, 
this guy, we got this guy, he's about to go down here and throw this touchdown and win the game, right? If you look at all the things that the gadget plays from Juwan Jennings throwing touchdowns and all these different things, the dump downs to McCaffrey and he's running, the dump downs to, to um, Debo, if your team can't tackle, he'll have a field day and he'll look like a superstar. He'll look like the MVP candidate he looked like early in this year. But if he's not getting these dump downs and he's not successful with these dump downs and they're not getting his yards at the catch, he's not going to absolutely rip a team alive. He's just not going to do that. And that's okay. That's okay for some teams when you have all the weapons you have. But again, I'm just not on, I think the 49ers in a situation where they were with Jimmy Garoppolo, where when that contract comes up, they're going to be in trouble, right? Because they know that this guy is not going to be the guy that's necessarily get us over the top. Um, and then they're going to be in this cycle again of like, okay, do we look elsewhere? Do we find, find that guy? Or do we, because right now he's on one of the cheapest contracts in the league. And so they're able to get these big contracts elsewhere. They're able to pay the McCaffrey's. They're able to pay the Debo's and the Ayuk's and this whole offense that they have. But when it's come contract time, they're going to have a decision to make. And that's what I'm going to really look and see how they really feel. The team is going to tell you how they feel about a player is how they pay them. And to see, we're going to see how they pay them. And once we find out how they pay them or don't pay them, we'll see how they really feel about them. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in looking at it and kind of uh, assessing him, I felt that he had a solid performance, you know, in the Super Bowl. I think that if I were the greatest performance, I would grade it out, honestly, probably around that B range. Um, to me, he did kind of what was really required of him. I don't think that he really made too many plays that would have that cost you the game or, you know, kind of uh, took it out of the balance. He didn't have one of those games that we saw in the regular season a couple of times where he got three or four interceptions and things just snowballed. I thought that he held them in the game. Uh, I thought that he put them in position where they could have a chance to win that game. Uh, and once again, this is us talking about uh, going against a guy in the likes of a Patrick Mahomes, a uh, guy that we once again have said is one of the greatest that we've ever seen. And this game came down to a three-point game. It was a one-possession game right there towards the end of it. And so I felt that Brock Purdy, that he was solid throughout. And when I look at it, honestly – I mean, that Kansas City defense, we have to acknowledge, is legit. Like, that Kansas City defense, uh, I think I would venture to say might be the best secondary in the league at this point. You know, what yeah. they do from a pass defense standpoint. And when I look at it and I compare his performance to what Lamar Jackson did against that defense or what Josh Allen did against that defense or even, you know, to a less degree, what Tua did against that defense – um, I believe that he was as good or better than any of those other guys in their performances that they had. So I have to also acknowledge what he was up against. And I thought that he played pretty well. Now, to get to your question about like his future and things of that sort, I believe that he's a guy to me that's slightly above a game manager. Now, if I had to categorize him and you have to say star versus game manager or something like that, he would be more in the game manager uh, bucket, but I believe he's in that mid-tier between a game manager and between a difference maker or a star. I put him like right in the middle of that. I think um, you said it right, brother. Mid. Very, very mid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I look at when I look at him, I, I, I share a, a lot of the same sentiments that Ramon does. Um, I don't think, you know, it was like when when Lamar Jackson played, it was like, did he choke? I was like, no, he didn't choke. I feel like he played well. He just didn't play well enough for them to win the game. And I think that's 
how I feel about Brock. He played well, but you didn't play well enough to win the game. He missed some throws. He missed a bunch of throws. Um, but I think ultimately he didn't – they didn't lose because of him, but they didn't win because of him either, and that's what you're measured by. So is he Patrick Mahomes? No. But who – everybody that faces him, you know, will face the same. You have to play great against Patrick Mahomes to beat him. And Patrick Mahomes played good. You know, I think the – you know, overtime in fourth quarter, he turned it up and showed why he was Patrick. But throughout the whole game, Patrick was looking – they was able to put pressure on him. They was able to get him on the ground. They was able to get him dirty. Uh, credit to Chase Young and those and those boys. But, you know, ultimately it's about the wins and they fell short. And, you know, I think that for me in my eyes, he sits right where I thought he was. I don't think he's great, but I think he's okay. You know, would, would, my, could I, would my Saints be better because of him? Maybe, you know, so, I mean, you, when you look at it that way, I think he did, you know, okay, especially for a Super Bowl and a stage that big. Um, But moving on, man, I think that's about it about the Super Bowl that I thought uh, prayers and thoughts with those folks at the Kansas City parade as as that as the tragedy uh, is unfolding or one confirmed dead, uh, um, eight confirmed injured. I don't know if the number has arisen. Uh, since we record this, but thoughts and prayers out to to their families and in that city as a whole. We hate to hear that thing. They were there to celebrate a, a great accomplishment, and you know, tragedy struck. So, um, but uh, that's it. Super Bowl. I have. Did you guys have anything before we move on? All right. Uh, I think that's basically it. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, we'll shift to the NBA. NBA All Star Weekend is this weekend. I couldn't tell you. Maybe one. I know my guy Dame is in a three point contest. But outside of that, I I really haven't been <laughs> too locked in on the All-Star. Uh, but despite that, we're going to try to guess who's going to win these competitions. Um, starting off with the three-point contest that, that's going to take place this weekend. But first of all, are you guys excited about this weekend? Yeah, I'm a little excited about it, man. I, I mean, I like to see the stars get together and, and play. Ho hopefully they can keep it competitive and um, I like the the format they went to to especially in the All Star game where you know um, you know with the score the scoring system right to keep it somewhat competitive and they're competing each each quarter right and it's just not coming down and them just playing a regular game so and you know it's dedicated to Kobe too you know the MVP award is named after Kobe too Kobe Bryant and you know I, I mean you always I got I always got to show love to that. All right, man. So let's start off with three point contest. I'll uh, read off the competitors, and then you just go through and think, say who you think is going to win. You got Damian Lillard, like I mentioned, Tyrese Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell, Malik Beasley, Jalen Brunson, Laurie McCarnan, Trey Young, and Carl Anthony Towns. The field is loaded. I'm excited about this one. I yeah, think okay. the I think the three point contest. I, I don't know if you guys agree. It became the the headliner, right? He probably should yeah. swap places with the dunk contest and take some pressure off of that. But anyway, when I'm looking at that, um, right, you obviously got to mention Dame. Dame is one of the best shooters ever. But I'm going to go with an underdog here, man. I'm going to go with Malik Beasley, his teammate, man. Was, he's on the, fire. He, he's been he's on, on fire. And the dude that's just been that folded as a Laker, but showing yeah, up as a buck. Yeah, but I say as long as it's not in L.A., he good, man. So uh, I think that and choosing, man, I'm going to go for an underdog as well, too, man. I'm going with a, a good old Lowry Markinen, uh to get it done. The, the big getting it done. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, you got a lot of great shooters in the field. Carl Anthony Towns has won one before. Uh, when I think of this contest, it doesn't matter how great of a shot creator you are. It's how do you shoot on the spot. Uh, I think Damian Lillard's shot, yeah, I think he can do it all. I think he can do it. He's a shot creator. He can do it all. He can shoot on the run. I think Dame really wants this one. Uh, this is his, I think, third time competing. I think he get, finally gets over the hump and get him one. So I'm going to go with Damian Lillard in the three-point contest, but I think it'll be close. Um, secondly, who we got is the slam dunk contest. We got Jalen Brown, Jamie Jacquez, McClung, the winner from last year, G-Leaguer. Then you got Jacob Toppin from the G-League as well. Just not many stars competing this year. <laughs> but anyway, who you got? I mean, no, Go ahead, Ramon. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just go with McClung getting it done again, man. I, <laughs> it, I this feel doesn't excite me, but <laughs> no, nah, not at all. I'm, I, I got Jalen Brown, man. I think Jalen Brown gonna show up, man. I think, I think he saw last year and was like, oh, ain't no way, man. We can't have this happening. Some G League dude coming out of nowhere and winning our competition. So I think if a, a star. Jalen Brown is one of the biggest stars that have been in this in this dunk contest in a little while, right? Since probably Aaron Gordon and um, uh, Zach, Zach Levine. Levine. Yeah, so it's probably it's, it, I would say when you get that type of star power, a player that especially made the All Star game, I think that they have to bring it, right? They know that they have the extra pressure. They can't come with no regular dunk. So I think he's prepared for this. I think he's going to show up and win this thing. All right, so we got the skills. Oh, I got to get my pick. I got Jalen Brown as well. I was watching a game with the Celtics. Yeah, I didn't know he had hops like that, so I'm going to go Jalen. Then we got the skills challenge here. Um, so they did team top picks, team Pacers, and team All-Stars. So team top picks has Victor uh, from San Antonio Spurs, number one pick. Anthony Edwards, a former number one pick. And then you got – uh, Benchero out of Duke, number one pick. Then Team Pacers, you got Halle Burton, Miles Turner, Benedict Mothering. And then Team All-Stars, you got Scotty Bourne, Tyrese Maxey, Trey Young. Who do you guys got winning the skills challenge? Team Pacers, Team All-Stars, or Team Top Picks? I'm going to go with Team Top Picks because I think they give you a lot of everything. And how can you how can you go against Victor Wimby? Like, this dude is one of the most skilled players ever, man. I've seen this dude, like, dunk from the free throw line without jumping. Not really, but this dude's arms are so long, bro. Like, how can you go? I definitely got to catch a game in person. <laughs> I guess I definitely got to catch one or two. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm going to actually roll with Team All-Stars on this one. I like the combination of Trey Young and Tyrese Maxey. I'm a little concerned about Scotty Barnes a little bit on it, but I, I, I trust those two, especially with some of the passing drills and stuff. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Team All-Stars as well just because of Trey Young. I think that this is his whipping house. I think he has a lot of skills. Tyrese Massey, he got a lot of good passing and scoring skills. Uh, so I, I'm going to go Team All-Stars here. So that that does your NBA All-Star weekend. So the All-Star game, they moved the format back to East versus West. Uh, who are you guys picking this weekend? Uh well I'll go ahead I'm a uh, I'm gonna roll with the West I think that the West is is just to me loaded so I'm rolling with the West I'm gonna go West as well especially missing Joel Embiid in this game you know what I mean like it, you you got the more talent on the West side Yeah I'm gonna go West side as well um I think that they by far have more talent than the East they're loaded 
Yeah, I think one more thing to ask though. I know that they're supposed to have a big Steph Curry, Sabrina Ionesco. Oh uh, my gosh. Uh shoot off. So uh <laughs> I gotta ask who y'all got in that? Steph. Who you got, Los? I'ma take Steph as well. You know what? I'm gonna take Sabrina. I, I she she daily with it. I mean, I don't know what their ball <laughs> if they're using Steph the same the ball, best shooter ever ball in the world. Bro. I don't know. Did bro. you see I'm, Sabrina shoot last year? Yeah, I did. Sabrina's, Sabrina's different, shoot. man. I, I'll take Sabrina. I'm gonna take Sabrina. Yeah, ooh, it's it's very tough for me. I feel like I feel like for some reason, even though he shouldn't, Steph is gonna end up feeling the pressure, I think, in that competition, man. It's like cause he can't he can't lose. Like that's something that Steph is just not supposed to lose. He's the greatest shooter of all time. Yeah. Uh give me Sabrina as well, man. Yeah, I, I could see that that viewpoint of it. But and then also Steph is the greatest shooter of all time. But Steph shooting isolated is different. It's different than being able to step into your shot. And Steph has one uh comp how many Steph got like two? Steph got two, but he has like two losses as well, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll see. I, I got Steph. I'm a lean star. I I'll be the lone wolf here. But fellas, man, I think we did it again, man. We're wrapping up here. Uh, thank you for rocking with us this long, of course. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, PNA Advanced Warmers, on wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Uh, make sure that you are leaving a review, share it with a friend. That's how we get our word out here. But until next time, we are out of here. Later.